Hey, welcome to the Talking Heads podcast series, where today we are talking with special guest Audra Olson to learn more about parenting and discipline. We are excited to talk shop with you today, so let's dig in. So here we are, guys. March, spring break, so heavenly. Um, So much, though, that comes along with the spring months here at school and in our own personal lives. Suzanne, you have a couple of kids that are graduating from different uh, places in life. Tell us about that. Yeah, I've got a senior in high school that'll be graduating one weekend and a senior in college graduating the next. Or I hope they graduate at this point. Let's you know, senioritis kicks in. I don't know. But yeah, that's gonna be an exciting time. I think I've got every every weekend in May booked. So good job. You have all your parties ready to go? Well, let's not ask about that. That's a little <laughs> bit of subject. a sore subject right now, but we'll figure <laughs> it out. The difference between a graduation party for a boy versus a girl. Suzanne's getting to experience that right now. Yes, so yes, fun. yes. High expectations, you know. I don't think I'm going to meet him. Well, my daughter is graduating from her eighth year in college in May. I'm pretty excited. She's going to have a PhD in pharmacy. So nice. Finally getting that one out of college. So she's not just a super duper duper senior. No, no. Okay, good. good she good. actually already graduated from college once. All right. And just couldn't get enough. So four <laughs> more fun. years. Tim, do you have anybody graduating? Um, nobody graduated, I guess from the house, uh, graduated to start Oak Hill next year. So that's a big yeah. move. <laughs> yeah. Pretty excited about move. that. She's yeah. very excited for that. Jensen oh. talks about it all the time. So, <laughs> oh, you have such a long road. <laughs> you. I know, but I'm sad. You know, it's, it's, I wish they were still little sometimes, but I don't know if I have the energy to keep up anymore. Uh, yeah. I'm yeah. struggling to keep it's up ha- with this puppy. I know. The dogs are hard enough. <laughs> I think dogs are harder than kids. Do I'm you? just saying it. I, I do. You can put them in yeah. a kennel, though. <laughs> Maybe well, Tim does that too? with <laughs> <laughs> Oh, So in our personal lives, we got a lot going on, but talent show. Suzanne, are you in the talent show this year? Yes, for noisemaking. Oh, <laughs> oh, like, oh boy. Well, we want people like, to come to the no- talent show. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the Calm app? You know, I, I sleep to that every night. So you can pick like a soundscape or whatever. Could you, could you demonstrate the one pick you something. sleep to? I don't know. Pick, just pick a sound. On pick the a beach. Nature. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Suzanne, there is nothing, nothing calm about you, and I'm not buying it uh, at all. <laughs> what about you, Tim? You've been in the talent show before. Uh, it's it's been a while. I mean, you know, we'll have is the to band see coming if, back? If maybe Ziggy and the Boys can make a return. Ziggy and the Boys. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> I have an autograph from Ziggy and the Boys. Oh, you do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You should put that up for auction. Oh, I should. That's a good or you idea. should have. I mean, yeah, that would have been. Is that awesome. a silent auction or a live auction? I don't oh, know. it would definitely be maybe yes. super yeah. silent. Super silent. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we're excited for everything that April and May bring. So many fun events. Um, we've got. Earth Day, Acorn Day, we've got graduation for our 8th grade class, coming field day, just so many fun traditions, so we're super excited. So more to come on that, but for now, let's go ahead and move on and get to talking about parenting and discipline. Parenting is super easy for me right now. I bet it is. Yeah. And I, I just want to be clear. I don't put my kids in a kennel. I said that earlier. So I just want to get yeah, that, that out of the way. Like, let's just say that is not good parenting. <laughs> yeah, okay. yeah. So this That's is for you, Tim. That's a good place Tim. to start. Yes. Yeah, Nor is it good discipline. Yeah. But 
I do. I do still get to deal with discipline as an administrator here at Oak Hill Day School. So, you know, I'm interested to hear what y'all have to say. Um, you know, uh, I wish there was a manual. Everybody, you know, you have a you have a child, and they send you home with this child, and there's no manual. There's no list of things to check off. Um, you know, I always think. Every family is so unique in, um, you know, what they are expecting from their family for the next however many years. You know, your whole goal is to uh, help your child grow up to be a, a great citizen, you know, a good person, uh, a contributor, contributors to society. So um, I think for me, I think the most important thing is for a family to really talk about in their family alone, you know, what's our compass? What's our family compass um, what are our expectations? And then set rules and parameters for your family based on that, you know, regardless of what the next student's doing, the next child's doing, the next family's doing. I think that's hard. There's peer pressure, I think, yeah. for parents to do what other parents are doing. But you've got to maintain, you know, the direction your family's going all the time. Well, now, I like what you said about the finding your family compass. And we've every family here looks a little bit different. But I think it is important for you to decide, hey, this is the direction we want to go and work together as a team. You know, sometimes if maybe mom and dad are on different pages, it, it you get kind of pulled in different directions sometimes. So I think that is important, whatever your family looks like, to sit down and say, hey, th- this is our goal for our kids. This is what we would like for our family. Yeah, I, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say one of the things that um, became very important for me um, uh, I hate to break it to you, but I wasn't a perfect mother. I know. Sigh, gasp. Well, but you're, you're perfect I did raise eyes. three very competent children, so I'm, I'm happy about that. So I must have done something right. But when I did have my weak moments, I owned them and talked to my kids about them and apologized. So they understood that, you know, I'm flawed just as everyone is. Um but I, that's so big for me, even with with kids here. It's just, you know, owning behaviors and doing better going forward, acknowledging, apologizing, and doing better. Yeah, and I think also to know that, you know, no matter what rules and expectations your family has, you know, the, the environment around them is going to permeate into your family. So, you know, whether it's social media, which, goodness, you know, when I was young, I didn't have to deal with, I can't imagine why I'm watching my own children today have to navigate social media and, and all of the pressures of that. But I think it's important to have those conversations before they get phones, before they get on social media to say, again, we're, what's our compass? You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're, you're going to um, be challenged in your navigation, but always going back to at least once a week, once a month, having a conversation as a family about, you know, how they feel about things, checking on their own sites, you know, maybe looking at your own site as a parent and saying, am I modeling, you know, what what I want my children uh, to portray out there as well. I think a lot of times we as adults don't realize how much effect we have on students, children, those around us. Um, So watching your own posts, watching your own use of social media is important. I, I completely agree. Um, it's just amazing to me the number of kids that talk about having best friends that they've never met eye to eye, person to person, um, just friends that they game with or have, have met on different social media apps. So I just I just think it's important for parents to be involved, know where their kids are going on social media and um, 
you know, I, there's no way you can police it 24-7. It is what it is. It's a part of their lives. It's how they're growing up. So I think just educating them to the best of your ability to um, make good decisions and to understand that, I don't know, they talk about we don't let our kids go down the street to the park by themselves, but we'll give them a device where they can go anywhere in the world and find deep, dark, ugly things out there. So we just have to kind of put that into perspective and think about it. Well, I yeah. think I think everything is just so good with balance. You know, if, if you're all the way, you know, and it, it's hard not to interject a little bit of opinion in this, but, <laughs> you know, just if you go all the way to where you're, so protective that you don't let them go to the park. But if you go the other way where they just, the kids are able to go and do whatever they want to do at all times, you know, you've got to find that in-between balance. And I think that's that's so important um, just to make sure you're not going too much one way or the other. Absolutely. You know, I think the other thing, talking to parents sometimes, and, and I, I look at my myself, you know, we compare our child's journey to our journey personally. And, you know, times have changed. I mean, it's it's not the same. And I think there's sometimes that sadness of, I wish they could just be kids like I was. Well, we probably had the same problems. They just look different. Um, so we just have to accept that this is today. You know, you're not getting rid of social media. It's not going away. You really can't shelter them from it. I mean, um, that is their connection. Students connect through social media platforms. So to take that away you know, you're almost taking away their lifeline uh, to some degree. So I do think it's hard. I think parents maybe have to have their own initial conversation amongst themselves about, wow, this is different than when when we grew up. And, you know, what do we expect? I mean, it's easy, I think, Tim, like you were saying, to say, no, you can't have a phone. No, you can't have social media. It's really not even... It's not even uh, possible anymore at some at a certain age to do that without right. having an effect on the child. But, so, and I think it is okay, you know. And I'm not saying it's wrong if you say those things like, "No, we're not going to do that." But always have a, a reason, explain why, talk through that with your kids. Like, if you just say, "No, you can't have this," then what does that make kids want to do? Have it even more. So I, I think it's okay to have those kind of conversations. But, yeah, the, you know, there, there's no manual. There's no perfect answer to it. You just kind of have to find what works best for your family. And I, I think when it comes to discipline, like, a lot of it comes down to knowing your kids. And so there's a lot of things you can do out there. There's Enneagram tests. You can find you can learn your kids' love languages, what works for them, what makes them happy, um, maybe different forms of, of discipline that would have more of an effect in a loving way on the kids. So, there, there's a lot of different things you can do out there. I love it. I'm just going to say connection is huge. Um, we talk to the kids about having three trusted adults in their lives, especially as they get older, and maybe they're not going to be as open and comfortable talking to mom and dad. So making sure they have a coach or a teacher or a counselor or someone that they feel they can trust, and then just making time to listen. I think sometimes... And especially in adolescence, when they're having their kind of up and down roller coaster periods, um, you know, they might get in the car and vent and our automatic response is, oh, I have to go fix it. Well, sometimes you just listen, just listen, because nine times out of 10, they're going to get into the car the very next day, laughing and smiling about something fun that happened at school. So. You know, finding times to listen, uh, family dinner's huge, you know, put the phones away, put the technology down, and, and just talk to one another, and 
that's where some of the magic's going to happen. Well, I think coaching students, you know, like you said, I think listening and don't react, um, especially as they get older, but even at a younger age, you know, coaching them through, you know, I hear how you feel, you know, how, how can, how can you fix this? Not how can mom fix this? Not how can dad fix this, but yeah. how can you fix this? And I'm here to support you through that. But I think those students become more resilient. Um, they're going to be those, those kids who can uh, be more flexible and adaptable in life because every day something's going to get thrown at them. And the other thing I said is, you know, students want rules. I mean, people mm-hmm. want rules. Oh, yeah. We all do. Um, we may not like them, but we thrive on having those rules. So I do think as parents, you know, to be likable, um, I know every parent wants to be liked by their child. Well, you know, they're always going to love them, you know, but you have to set up those parameters and say, these are our expectations as a family. You know, this this is not negotiable. You know, this is the way it's going to be for this time period in your life. It may change as you get older. But I think uh, students need those rules, and maybe today – Students do not have as many rules or parameters as they once had uh, in their life, and I think that's I think that's challenging. I think they don't know what to do about it. Always the hardest moment of parenting, in my opinion, is reactionary. Uh, talk to your kids before and and say like, hey, you know, this is how we're gonna ch- this is what we're gonna choose to do. If this happens, this is what's gonna happen. The kids already know what to expect, mm-hmm. and that can that's something that works for younger kids and older kids yeah. too. And I think the other thing is students, you know, um, depending on the age. Of course, we're talking about a, a huge variety of ages here, but I think asking their opinion and getting their feedback is important. You know, I really don't believe that students really have the capacity. Uh, they, they don't want to have, they don't want to make the decisions, these, these large decisions. They're not adults yet. Right. That's why we're adults. You know, we need to make the major decisions in their lives. And again, get a, get feedback, do a T chart pros and cons. Um, but at the same time, I don't think students should be allowed to make difficult sure. decisions. Well, and, and when you, when you kind of talk students through that and you give them maybe two options, two or three options, you're still giving them parameters but you're still allowing them to make a choice too. So they feel like a big part of being able to make the choice. Absolutely. Well, in parenting, what's the end goal? The end goal of parenting is to have them leave your nest Mm -hmm. and to have them be successful, confident people who can make decisions on their own. And I think being able to, you know, help pave that way by making those major decisions and then getting their input. And then once they head to college, you know, hoping and praying, right, that they're going to make the right decisions from then on out. So not easy. Absolutely. It is tough. want to take a moment to give a shout out to Greg Engineering. They've done a lot of great work in our school and have been very supportive of us. They love Oak Hill and are some of the nicest people you will ever meet. Look to Greg Engineering for any of your building needs. All right. Well, hey, we would like to welcome a special guest, Mrs. Audra Olson. Welcome. Hello. She is one of our fifth grade teachers and you're here to talk to us today a little bit about conscious discipline. Yes, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Well, so I guess let's just dive right into it. Could you maybe just explain to us what conscious discipline is? Sure, sure. Actually, when I started my journey with conscious discipline, 
probably about three years ago, there's a quote from Dr. Becky Bailey, one of the founders of Conscious Discipline, and I feel like it does a great job of just explaining it, and I think the word discipline itself can be a little scary sometimes for parents and for educators, and she she quotes it as this, discipline is not something you do to children, it is something that you develop within them. So conscious discipline is really about helping them to have those skills and the discipline to do the things that they need to do with supports at first and then on their own. So it really helps us to model what it is we want to see with the kids. So it kind of like helps them move into self-discipline instead yes. of somebody always guiding them. Exactly. Start off with guiding, but the, the end goal. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And when I talk to kids about it, I will say it's the discipline to get up on time. It's the discipline to make sure you have what you need in your backpack. It's the discipline to know when to ask the questions. Those kinds of things that as adults, we want them to have those skills and be able to do them on their own. Yeah, are these like some things too that like as adults, can adults benefit from this as well? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. In fact, one of the things that I love about conscious discipline that I do help it stand out a little bit more than other approaches and programs, it does start with the adults. The flip side is it's sometimes difficult because adults have to be the ones willing to change and willing to do things differently and to really look inside how they're handling things. Change is not easy. Exactly, and what they're modeling in how we handle difficult situations. How do you handle when you're stressed? How do you handle when things aren't going your way? Conscious discipline would say we really teach two sets of values. When things are going my way, I can be kind. I can be patient. I can do what I need to do. I can be more accepting. But when things are not going my way and it's difficult and I'm struggling, then I teach, I get frustrated. I may yell. I may shut down. I do those things. So it gets very difficult when we're teaching those two sets of values. Can you give us an example of how, of how you might use conscious discipline in your classroom? Absolutely. Conscious discipline itself is founded in a lot of mindfulness practices. So one of the things that I use is a self-regulation center. And teaching those steps to how to regulate, we're all going to use those. We will all need those. So if I have a student that may be getting frustrated, I can't find my math assignment. I don't know where it is, and I can see, I can visibly see what's happening, then we have a place they can go. They can go through the steps to teach themselves how to calm down. It's first recognizing that I'm in those lower centers of my brain. They do a lot with the brain states and the brain-based research. I need to first recognize I need to take a moment. I need to do a strategy to help me breathe, help me calm down. I need to acknowledge and figure out what's going on and name that feeling and then figure out what to do to get back to where I need to be. So we go through that, we practice it throughout, and the kids know that that's always there for them. So it's like something they'll say out loud. They'll find a spot and, mm-hmm. and actually yeah. just, yeah. An interesting piece with the Self-Regulation Center that I really like with Conscious Discipline that is different from some other programs is it teaches that inner voice because really, ultimately, who tells you to calm down? You do. Mm-hmm. You end up telling yourself to calm down. And a lot of times what happens with students and even adults, with, with all of us, if we don't have that inner voice that's saying, hey, you're okay, you're okay, you're safe, you're going to be okay, you've got this, then that's what we need to develop. So that's one of those key steps in that process is being able to tell yourself, I'm okay. If I'm at the dentist, if I'm, if I'm anywhere, you know, that, that causes some, yeah, right? <laughs> if I'm in the car, anywhere that tells me, you know, it's okay, I've got this, we can handle this. And that's that voice that we want to build. One of the reasons that I'm so um, pro-conscious discipline, I guess, or that, that for me it has just been a great fit, is it has changed my relationships. It's changed the way I teach. Um, you know, especially with my oldest daughter, I always tell this story. You know, she, she can be very strong-willed, 
at yeah. times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just been interesting to see the difference in the relationship. And it, I could say that it's her, but it really isn't. The person that changed was me. And I do things differently. I handle things differently. And it has made all the difference. So as a parent, and interestingly enough, I first heard about conscious discipline in parenting classes. And it was offered, and it's really big a lot of times with toddlers. They'll start out with those strategies and teaching that. And um, I'm kind of excited to see it moving more into the classroom now. But, yes, definitely in, in my personal life I use it as much as possible. <laughs> it sounds like it's kind of like also in the wellness sphere of things too, right? Like stress management, that's huge. Yes. Especially after coming off these last few years. That's like a huge way for kids and adults to kind of just – take a moment and just relax. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, for years I was also counseling in the schools and, you know, I was very excited when we started to really pay attention to the brain research and to find out where kids are and a lot of that from the trauma-informed care as well too. And just to realize that there are times that they're not ready to hear what we're saying. So we have to find a way to move from those lower centers of the brain into those tops and get into those executive functions Mm -hmm. and be able to make those decisions. If we're talking at kids or if I'm talking at an adult and they're not in that place, I'm upset, I'm mad, I'm hurt. I can't make those good choices and those good decisions until I can get up there in that top part of my brain. So it's, yeah. Are you able to share um, what you know about conscious discipline with other teachers here at Oak Hill Day School? Oh, I will share about conscious discipline to anyone that will listen to me. (laughs) And yes, I I will say um, we offered after school, I think it was just kind of an intro, and I was so impressed with the number of teachers that were there, and it was voluntary. And, you know, for me to, I love doing professional development with it. But to have teachers that came on their own time after school hours to be here, I think just speaks volumes of the staff here. And I think uh, piggybacking on that, we've talked, Audra, about next year being able to, you know, get all of our faculty and staff on board, you know, learning the conscious discipline. Um, So the impact that that will make on the students hopefully is going to be, you know, tenfold. Yes, I think so. And, you know, conscious discipline approaches things as a family. And, you know, if I've been in a setting at all that feels more like a family, it's here at Oak Hill. And I think the kids feel that way in the classroom. And that's the whole goal is to model what a classroom would be like, a healthy classroom that goes into a healthy community that ultimately goes into a healthy world. I do. I, I love watching you interact with the kids. Um, it, it seems like your goal is always to de-escalate situations and get people in a place where they can have um, – meaningful interactions without the emotion tied Mm -hmm. in Um, and I'm guessing that's you but it's also part of your training yes absolutely Um, one of the other key pieces is no judgment and you know if I can approach a situation and I'm not judging I'm not judging what you did the behaviors you know they're, they're not asking me to give them an evaluation they just they want help and when you can come at it from that hey I noticed you did this I'm not judging whether it was good or bad. It's just, here's what you did. There's a missing skill. So whatever they're doing, there's something they don't know how to do. And it's my job to teach them how to do it. Whether it's as their teacher, a parent, a colleague, you know, I have to come at it from that way and not not make the assumption that they're doing it because they want to hurt someone or do something. It's because there's a missing skill. And I have to help them find out what that skill is and model it, hopefully, for them in a healthy way. Right. What? And how, how do you, I'm sorry, Tim, but how do you use it? Like when students are in conflict, like if you have two students that oh, are gosh. 
I'm, you know. I'm so glad, Jess. See, I'll get really excited the moment we're out of time. But so conscious discipline does what's called a time machine. So we go back in time. And what I do, what I think we don't always do is give the kids the words. And we kind of sit there and say, well, what should you say? What should you do? Well, if they knew, they probably would have done it right in the first place. So what I love is that the kids will sit down with me. And once we're calmed down, I think the first thing is maybe we don't do it right at that minute. Maybe we can't. Maybe we need to take some time and then come back. And then we give them the words. They will look at each other. We do this together, and they will say, I wish you well. And then we walk through what happened, and I give them the words, which is also assertiveness. I don't like it when. Please don't put your hands on me. Please keep your hands to yourself. My name is, call me by my name. And we say that. So it also builds up that that big voice that some kids need to hear as well. And so I, and I have had the response from kids on doing that has blown me away. And I, I will, if you do nothing else for conflict resolution with kids, to have them yeah. know the words, say the words, to look at each other and to make this right. Because like I said, we're, we're all here together. We're not going anywhere. And that's kind of like with families. We're still going to be a family and we'll have to figure out how to fix it. One last question for you, because I know we don't have a lot of time, but what, uh, what age is an appropriate time to start this kind of Oh, you can start with babies. Babies. You can start with babies. Yes, and there's really cool videos. So if you're if you're interested, there's a lot of TED talks. Uh, There is a conscious discipline website. But the videos that you'll see, even the babies, you can download Calm onto the babies. So if they see you breathing and your facial expressions, it's those mirror neurons, and then and they'll just match you. And so yes, you can start it right off the bat till. Awesome. An adult. <laughs> well, Audrey, you know, we are so grateful that you chose to come to Oak Hill. You know, you bring not only your incredible teacher, but you bring so so much to the entire community. So we appreciate you being here and sharing with us and can't wait for what's to come. And you Absolutely. do a great you did a great job on the podcast. Yeah. yeah. Maybe she should be a regular. Yeah. She was pretty nervous, but I mean yeah. man, she handled that better than me. Might be a little sweaty hands, but otherwise we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Audra. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you to our special guest, Audra Olson, for joining us today. And thank you for listening to this month's episode of Talking Heads. We hope you'll take advantage of one of our upcoming events to chat with us in person. But until next month, we're out. See ya. Bye. Bye.